0: Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. This is the book of Acts chapter 23. We're going to pick up in verse 12, right where the sermon passage left off. I know that we've done things slightly out of order here. Uh, Usually you would go to the curriculum right now, but there's a certain passage that I wanted the curriculum to cover. So for the first time uh, in like two series, The curriculum passage does not immediately follow the sermon passage. We're now covering in our devotions the passage between the sermon and the curriculum. This is Acts 23, verse 12. When it was morning, the Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves under a curse, not to eat or drink until they had killed Paul. There were more than 40 who had formed this plot. These men went to the chief priests and elders and said, We have bound ourselves under a solemn curse that we won't eat anything until we have killed Paul. So now you, along with the Sanhedrin, make a request to the commander that he bring him down to you as if you were going to investigate his case more thoroughly. But before he gets near, we are ready to kill him. But the son of Paul's sister, hearing about the ambush, came and entered the barracks and reported it to Paul. Paul called one of the centurions and said, take this young man to the commander because he has something to report to him. So he took him and brought him to the commander and said, this prisoner Paul called me and asked me to bring this young man to you because he has something to tell you. The commander took him by the hand, led him aside and inquired privately, what is it you have to report to me? The Jews, he said, have agreed to ask you to bring Paul down to the Sanhedrin tomorrow as though they are gonna hold a, uh, a somewhat more careful inquiry about him. Don't let them persuade you because there are more than 40 of them lying in ambush, men who have bound themselves under a curse not to eat or drink until they have killed him. Now they are ready, waiting for your consent. So the commander dismissed the young man and instructed him, don't tell anyone that you've informed me about this. We don't know exactly how Paul's nephew came to realize this, but the whole stage was really set for exactly a plot like this one. It's so ironic. I mean, the hypocrisy is staggering of this Jewish crowd because their main bone that they had to pick with Paul was that he was abdicating the law of Moses. The law of Moses includes the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments tell us do not murder. And that's what they're plotting is a murder. So it's astounding just how hypocritical they were being. They took an oath not to eat or drink anything until they had killed Paul. By the way, not a very good oath to take because you get weaker as the oath goes on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, Paul's nephew It's likely that his whole family, having been born in Tarsus, had immigrated here uh, to Jerusalem. Paul's nephew is able to pick up on the word of this, and they're very astute in the way that they handle this. You'll notice that this, this centurion even is very astute in the way that he handles it. He doesn't want it to be known that he was tipped off as to... The plot, and then even look at look at what snakes in the grass his assassins are. That they they even want to bring him in, or the uh, ostensibly just to have a more careful interrogation, just to get to. I, I just want to look more closely at what it is you have to say. But the truth is, there are forty of them who have taken a vow that they're going to murder Paul. By the way, it won't work out. Paul's going to live for a few more years at this point, just in Roman custody. At the end, sorry, I just spoiled the end of the book of Acts but look at the intent of the of the mob you don't have to play to the rules of the anti-christian mob you don't have to let them set the terms you don't have to follow their instructions they're not your lord jesus is paul was able to use his own sort of cloak and dagger, only his cloak and dagger was actually more like salt and light. It was really more like, hey, they're gonna try to murder you, (laughs) tell the centurion. He was actually quite above board. Don't trust an anti-Christian mob. They're not objective. They're not neutral. They don't answer to the Lord. They don't have the Holy Spirit's conviction. They have no clear sense of what right and wrong are. They don't even know where laws come from. So it's not beyond them to exercise that. Remember this if you find yourself in a bit of a debate setting. Look closely at the ground beneath the feet of the person facing you on the other side of the issue and point out the flaws within it. Don't let them set the, set the terms. The terms are not gonna be neutral. They're not actually neutral, especially if they're atheists, they'll try to cloak themselves in objectivity, make themselves champions of all that is objective, but they're not. There's this thing called the sin nature. And their intentions are not truly to seek out the truth. If there were that they'd be open to the gospel. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. They have no explanation for, for example, in atheism, where anything came from. And they never will because the moment they fill that blank in, they become theists. They don't know where dirt came from. They're in no position to provide parameters to a child of God on how a debate is supposed to go. So like Paul learn from this. Don't let the mob set the terms that you have to abide by. They're not actually neutral. Neither should you be. This is the book of Acts. It's still happening today. Let's live out the book of Acts together. Are you ready? Go.